0: Welcome to the Fittest Podcast in Oakland, where your favorite coaches talk everything to help make you a better person inside and outside of the gym. On this week's episode of the Fittest Podcast in Oakland, we're talking deadlifts and how to make you better and stronger at deadlifting. So let's go lift some big weights and prove that deadlifting is not a crime. That's how I feel about it, Robin, and that's why the podcast is starting.
1: Our feelings are important.
0: <laughs> oh boy, there was there was lots of talk in the gym about feelings yesterday. Our
1: feelings, lots of feelings. Lots feelings of people
0: f- feeling. Lots of people were feeling feelings from the assault bike. Oh
1: man, the, I'm going
0: to call it the feelings bike. The feelings bike,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which emoji describes your feelings
0: right now? So instead of where did the Coach Hertchu, it's going to be what emoji did the bike make you feel today?
1: You know the one where the not the little tear but the tear the like faucets of <laughs> tears are running down? That would be mine.
0: I never get that one. You don't get the tears. I don't get the tears. I would it would you be You get the green man? It would be no, it'd be the the one with the X'd out eyes and it's puking money. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, that's a good one.
0: Because sometimes I'm like, I'm doing really well. I'm fantastic. And then all of am like, oh, I'm going to throw up. No, off. now
1: I'm dead and I'm puking money. That's awesome. What does that emoji even mean? Is I that like not... when someone dies and you inherit a bunch of stuff?
0: It's going to be... Our emojis are going to be like the Egyptian hieroglyphs. And the, the future societies are going to go, what did this mean?
1: There's like cave drawings.
0: Why did all these teenagers put 100 on their... Text messages in the... What is
1: the significance of 100? <laughs> oh, boy. It's a spiritual number, really. <laughs> all right, so what are we talking about? Wait, what is this? This is a podcast. Okay.
0: Yes. We are talking about making your deadlift 100 pounds stronger.
1: Oh, yes. Love it. Deadlift talk. It's the best. And so,
0: We best. are on another adventure of how do we make something better in the gym. And today, it's all about Deadlifting. deadlifting. Deadlifting, 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 deadlifting. is not a crime. Yes. Still no. not a crime. No. No matter what they say. It's still not a crime. <laughs> and you should do it.
1: And, of course, we're coming up on the total, so it's convenient timing.
0: So if you listen to this, you'll deadlift better in the total. Yeah. Done. done. Game done. over. Podcast done.
1: Exactly. All right. You just got to talk about your feelings, and your deadlift will be better.
0: That get actually it, get, is get true. It, get it all out. That is very true. <laughs>
1: okay. I mean it's true because i know when i'm like in a mood like if i'm sad or angry or whatever you're just like you know what just deadlift today robin it's like it's like you're she's not here's tucking i'm tucking you into bed with a cup of tea gym style
2: (laughs) she's not wrong
1: but so yeah deadlift is always always the answer okay yes But we want everybody to to love it and do well at it. And so we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about where it can all go wrong. We're gonna talk about what you can do to make yours better, and then we're gonna talk about some other stuff. Peripherally peripherally related. Okay. (laughs) That was a big word. Too big Mm -hmm. for me, obviously. All right, so according to our whiteboard sesh, we are gonna talk about position first.
0: Cool. So how do we get you in the best position to deadlift? Pretty simple. The first thing it starts with is your mobility. So Robin, pick your favorite (laughs) (laughs) lacking mobility body body part.
1: (laughs) Well, if you've ever done Ben's uh, assessment, the first thing he does, kick off your shoes. Now keep your legs straight and touch your toes. And I'm like, I already failed right there. (laughs) hamstrings hamstrings
0: there's no failure here there's just limitations and discomfort.
1: opportunities for improvement well
0: (laughs) as i remember from the first time i did the assessment on robin no this doesn't impact my deadlift what are you talking about no
2: way not a
0: a chance and i'm like robin look at this think about this and it was like
1: oh yeah so i would say the big the big one is the hammies on this It,
0: it very much is and it's And why it's so big, and we'll talk this as we walk through imbalances and other things later, but if you can't fully use your hamstrings, you're leaving stuff on the table.
1: And you could be using things that you don't want to be
0: using. Exactly. Yeah. So if deadlifts hurt your back, most likely you're not using something else and that's what's being used. Right. And so if you struggle to touch your toes, that might be the reason why deadlifts hurt your back and improving that range of motion about your hamstrings. And it's, it's less, as I would say, lengthening the hamstring. It's more about getting to use all of the hamstring.
1: Yeah. I mean, go back to our podcast. Um, I don't know what we called it, but stability, mobility, and strength and how stability is kind of the intersection of mobility and strength. So really you need nice, stable hamstrings, um, the stabler, the better. And if they're not if there's immobility, then you're, gonna, yeah, you're not going to be as stable as you could be.
0: Well, and it's the same thing as we talked with the press. If you can't get your arms over your head, you're not going to be able to press heavy over your head. Right. If you can't get to the bottom or start position of a deadlift with your hamstrings, you're going to have to compensate with something else. Yeah. And most likely, that's going to create a lack of strength there.
1: And we're talking about the strictest conventional deadlift, right, when we talk about that. Um, but, but it's good news. You can still deadlift. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: And it's where, like, I always say, like, it, even if you use sumo deadlift, a modified sumo, a trap bar, still improving the function of your hamstring and the mobility of your hamstring will improve all of those as well. Absolutely. Now, we might use those in the near term to help make that hamstring better. It's the same reason why we elevate someone. And mm-hmm. same reason why we might do an RDL instead of a deadlift.
1: So go back to elevate that just to define that, that's that you'll see people in the gym. Sometimes we put plates under their deadlift to make it a little, to make them shorter, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and to give them that extra, that extra mobility they need to, in, in um it just puts them in a better startup position. I was going to say, it puts them in a position for success. Yes, exactly. And if you're one of those people, yeah, do it. I do it sometimes. Yep. Yeah. All right. Set up.
0: Hold on. There's one more mobility oh. piece. Oh, I'm sorry. And you actually reminded me of this when we were talking a T Nation article,
1: right? Hips, yeah. I'm sorry, yes. (laughs) That we
0: were coming to that later, okay? And we will. We'll come back to actually back to it. Hips is a weird one, and it's not so much um, like hip flexion. I think I got that right. Or rotation. It's more that hinge pattern. Yes. And can you utilize that hinge pattern? Yes. And we'll talk about how to do that and better that. But if those hips aren't hinging. You're not going to deadlift as much. And I don't care which form of deadlift you use. If there's not a decent hip hinge in there, it's going to lack in the deadlift. Mm-hmm. So that's where the hips come into play with that. Another one would be your lats. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's very subtle, but it's there. So if we can't, in a you know fully extended position, figure out how to put those lats in the right position, we're in trouble. Yeah. So... That's kind of what we're talking with mobility. And there's a bunch of little pieces there. Um, But yeah, big one is hamstring. Okay. So, Robin, let's talk setup. Yeah. I'm going to skip ahead because this, this I think, actually helps people set up better. Yeah. I want you to walk through your setup.
1: Oh, my checklist. Your checklist. Yes. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. And and this doesn't mean everybody has to use mine, but you should. This is um, a privilege. To deadlift. I'm going to say that it is a privilege. Um, and you are responsible for your deadlift ultimately. And this is a great way to take personal responsibility for your deadlift, your back, your, your body. Okay. If you set up correctly and your deadlift doesn't move, you are protecting yourself from bad things. Okay. So that's why I kind of hammer on this. So I, at feet first, right? So you want your feet right under your hips. You can do your marching, jumping tests. We do it all the time in a warm up. Set your feet. And then that's number one. Number two is without worrying about your back, you reach down and set your hands, you know, thumbs distance away from your body or whatever your grip is. Then you flatten out your back. Um, that's three. Um, then you check your shins, make sure they're still vertical, that you didn't push your knees forward into that squatty deadlift. Um, set your brace, big brace. And then the last thing I do is push my knees out into my forearms. Yeah. Is that five? Yeah, that's it. Oh, sorry. Six. Take the slack out of the bar. My bad. Yeah. I can't forget that one. Take the slack out of the bar so that you're initiating the movement with your legs and your feet and not your arms. So that would be six. Yeah. That's what I was looking for. So that's my checklist. Do you have Anything to add or take away?
0: So my checklist. Very similar yes. to Robin's. Start with my feet. Yes. Um, so feet underneath my hips. Then I look at my feet in relationship to the bar and how they grip the floor. So are my feet, are the the, the first little shoelaces of my shoes on the other side of the bar?
1: Top of the laces? Bottom of the laces?
0: By your toes. The laces Top by your toes. Top of the laces. Okay. Top of the laces, yes. Um, by there. And then is my big toe, pinky toe and heel gripping in the ground and controlling the tripod. Do I have the tripod from there? I do the same thing as Robin is I will bend down and grab the bar and I try and make my hands as narrow as possible. Uh, That's what I find advantageous for me. I got long arms and I got long legs. So I got to try and shorten things as much as possible. Um, next is I do the knees out. Mm -hmm. um, and that just helps me get my hips in the right position for myself.
1: That's torque. It's creating torque. Yes.
0: Yeah. And the same thing as Robin. Robin just does it in a different order. Um, <laughs> which there's no right answer to this because we wind up in the same spot at the end.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got, yeah, make your own.
0: Um, next is a two-parter, I guess this is 5A and 5B. Mm-hmm. I turn my lats on and that then forces my brace back into my hips and my butt.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um and that goes right there then there's a little extra breath to set everything solid and that's when my slack comes out of the bar mm-hmm. so I guess that's five and then six and then it's smashed the hell out of the floor as hard as I can mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yeah and that's
0: when I go um and I yeah I think that's I think that's all my checklist yeah. I I would have to like actually be deadlifting to make sure I didn't miss anything there but
1: And then if that, I'm going to say it again, if that bar does not move when you're in that checklist and you're in the right place mentally, stop, that's it. You're not, you do not compromise your checklist to get that bar to move because you can do it, Mm -hmm. but, but don't do it. Yeah. That's your, that's, you're taking that personal responsibility and we're going to circle back to what I just said. There is a caveat to that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But when you have that set up, as we just talked with a checklist of however you create it. And if you don't know what a checklist you want to do, work with one of the coaches. Yeah. We can walk you through a checklist. And it can be even simpler than that. Oh, like yeah. sometimes it, I do that, but I cut it down to two steps. I go grip, brace, rip. fire. Yeah. And grip it, and, and rip. And, 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 and it's go. It's, you know, um, and then other times it's all through that checklist there, you know, there's all different variations of it based on the load on the bar for me
1: it can also help you mentally if you're nervous and you're scared about it, it and you walk that sometimes will calm your brain a little bit and put you in that the right place so i like it i, love I, it.
0: I okay. forgot that yeah. in my checklist oh. i right before i go it's it's either like pull fast or strong and fast i literally say that to myself that's good and that's like especially when it's big and heavy and that's what locks my brain in yeah. It's like, stop thinking and just smash
1: I this I think thing. push the ground away from you.
0: Yeah. That's another good one. I yeah. love that one. Yeah. For me, I try to keep it simple and fast as possible, especially when it gets heavy. Yeah. So if you're one of those people that gets in your own way on your head, make it simpler.
1: Yeah. Grip and rip is a good <laughs> one too. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Motor pattern.
0: So this is where based on that setup, based on that mobility, are you going in the right motor pattern? So are you hinging from your hips um, and using the backside of your body to produce force into the floor to send you upward? So as Robin said in her cue, pushing the floor away, like that's the first thing in the motor pattern. If you do not push the floor away, you're going to pull it with something else guaranteed. Mm -hmm. And I hope this is clear now to everyone. Maybe it's not, but for most of us. For most of us, our strict pull-up is not as heavy as our um, best deadlift. For (laughs) most of us. For most of us. Yes. I would agree with that. There's some outliers in there, but for most of us. Um, And that's why I say using those legs and pushing the floor away is the best thing you can do for your motor pattern.
1: It's more efficient because it is the biggest muscle group in your body. Yeah.
0: And, and that's super important for you. The, the other thing in that is um, stabilizing through that lat, upper back piece. hmm And when you push the floor away, you do that. hmm It's why more people can leg press a massive amount of weight versus their deadlift or their back squat. Mm-hmm. Few people I have found that deadlift and back squat more than they leg press. Might not know anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and that's because you're so supported by a padded bench, so you don't ha- you can't move the the back and everything right, else. Right, right, right. Um. So that's what's really cool there. To that end, that's where the lats come into play really, really heavily, and we'll talk about them later. Hmm. So now I'm going to jump ahead a little bit here. And talk about the top range of motion. Okay. So this is where, if we think about a deadlift, it is a point A to point B, right? Mm -hmm. We do not want to make B any farther away than it has to. (laughs) It's why certain powerlifters say, sumo is cheating. Um, Certain people do funny things to shorten that range of motion. When we go fast and quick deadlifts, some people don't get their shoulders behind the bar. So... What I want to see from people is how well can you stand up and squeeze every muscle in your body, producing force into the floor. And when you think about that, it's very hard to lean back. It's very hard to not to let your shoulders tip forward. I'm trying to think what other funny things I've seen at the top.
1: Well, the top, the the end range of the deadlift is your vertical.
0: Exactly.
1: It's not past vertical. It's not short of vertical. It's exactly vertical.
0: And you do not have to use your neck and your traps at the top of a deadlift. <laughs> God, contrary to popular belief, there is no shrug at the top of a no, deadlift. No
1: bro shrugging necessary. Yeah. yeah. No, no, none needed. And, the, and, the, and no, no, no need to pray to God because God can't help you in the gym. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's more at the bottom, I think, when people look up. And you're like, Where, what are you looking at? Oh, yeah. That. <sighs> um,
0: so that's the top. So then, then let's talk a little bit about A and B. Okay. Like does that bar go in a straight line? Yeah. Like Robin talked about a vertical shin. I talked about foot placement, which gets me a vertical shin. If that bar goes away from you or into you, it's an inefficient path. And you wanna you wanna keep that as
1: straight up and down as you can. Or if you find you're that person that's knocking into your knees all the time, that's that's a motor pattern problem.
0: Exactly. That also means you're
1: not hinging. Yeah, exactly. And so you're
0: trying to use something else to do that.
1: But it's just a cue to you that, oh, something's wrong because I keep hitting my knees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, yes, there's something is wrong. We'll fix it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why you see um, high-level powerlifters putting baby powder on their quads and thighs. So that that bar stays as in straight of a line and as in tight of a line to their body, and then literally rubs and slides up the baby powder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm I'm really excited to watch you all baby powder up no, during the test. T- <laughs> mm-hmm. But yes, that's how you get the right motor pattern and kind of path on the deadlift. Did I did I miss anything in that motor pattern?
1: Um. Are we, are we going to talk about the bottom, how we set up different ranges of motion from the bottom? Okay. Do you want to talk about that here?
0: Sure. That's a good thing to talk about. So that's where it then comes into which variation of a deadlift should we be doing. Right. And this is where we see people elevate deadlifts, especially my folks that are nervous about their back. You can make an elevated position so elevated that literally you only have to move two to three inches. Yeah. And <laughs> that, most people don't get scared of that when it comes to their back.
1: Oh, and you can go really heavy and not worry too much, yeah.
0: Yeah. A lot of the new people that struggle with hamstring range of motion, I'll um, do that. And they never have a problem with their backs. So much so that they get really strong in that range of motion and then we get to have fun and start working them back to the floor. Right. So it and it. What's funny is, instead of having an injury or a downfall, they actually build themselves past that point to where then they can go back to the floor and they almost deadlift the exact same weight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's really cool with beginners because you
1: learn to use the right. So if you're if you are unsure about that bottom range of motion, it's it's how can you hold the brace and the hinge. If you can hold that brace and hinge beautifully all the way to the ground, you're fine. If you lose it a little bit in there or you lose that confidence in those last couple of inches, then just prop it up, either 25-pound blades, 45-pound blades, whatever. And then find that, that p- place at the bottom that you can maintain that brace and that hinge. Mm-hmm. And again, if you have any questions, let us know and we'll tell you.
0: And I'm going to add to Robin's brace. That includes reaching with the lats or the shoulders. The lats, yeah, are part of the brace. If you don't have that.
1: Yeah, we'll talk about that as we go down to the, yeah, where's the breakdown? (laughs) Yeah, it's the age-old
0: basketball quote. If you reach, I teach. So if you want my attention during deadlifts, start reaching them. Yes. (laughs) And I will start teaching them. (laughs) So, All right, range of motion, force. Um, That's the driving through the floor. Right. We've said it multiple times. Robin talks about creating torque with the knees. So you want to think.
1: It's actually coming from the hips.
0: But yeah. yeah, it's it's combo. It's yeah. It's feet, hips, and lats. Those are the three places you create torque. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, are you snapping that bar with your hands? Are your feet gripping into the ground? Are your hips creating external rotation mm-hmm. to drive force to create stability? Basically, think of all the ways in which we create stability in other movements. You better be creating that same version of stability in the deadlift. Right. Which then allows you to apply the most force possible. Yep. So, um, and this is where I talk about strong and fast. Robin talked about gripping and rip it. Like, that's where you got to think about force. And you can't be tentative. No. Like, you just go. (laughs) And the more confident or kind of powerful you are through that, the better you'll be.
1: Yeah, for sure. All right, so where are are the break where do people break down in this move everybody has a breakdown i mean nobody in here is 1000 pound deadlifting right so at some point there's a breakdown the the better you can identify that the the easier it is to fix it and then just that deadlift, deadlift can keep going up so i'll i'll just we have a list look at this <laughs> um left to right so
0: this is two pieces this is legs and arms um and you can go back basically does your left side produce more force than your right side or does your right side produce more force than your left side and all different variations this goes back to strength balance mm-hmm. um can your right hand pull more than your left hand can your left leg hinge more than your right leg you know all those types of things so like on me my left leg is way weaker than my right leg so i might even start twisting in my deadlift um my right lat has some old hiccups, injuries, whatever you want to call them. Um, so I will literally get a sciatic shock if I'm not in the right position once in a while, like literally shoots down my right leg, left leg sometimes, um, based, and it's all because of my, my right lat. I can feel the tingle Mm. from there. Um, and it's, it's where, ah, crap, I'm being lazy. (laughs) I have to put myself back in position. Yeah. Um, and what's cool about that is once you start to test that, you can start to correct that. So it's where like Sometimes you don't need to deadlift more to make things stronger. Like if you, if you find that there's a big discrepancy between your left side and your right side, and you just work that discrepancy, then when you go back because you already know how
1: to deadlift, boom, deadlift goes up. So that's your single leg, single arm stuff.
0: Single leg, single arm, you name it.
1: Yep. Cool. Uh, another imbalance you could hit is a quad to hammies. Mm -hmm. don't know anything about that
0: (laughs) if your back squat (laughs) is heavier than your deadlift here's your sign
1: i'm feeling attacked
0: well it's like jeff foxworthy you might be a redneck (laughs) if (laughs) you might have stronger quads than hamstrings if and this is a tricky one um especially coming up to the total because this takes a long time to shift and change Yes. Like Robin's been working her butt off on this one for a while.
1: <laughs> Literally. Um,
0: and it's, it's helping. She's improving. We yeah. see it all the time. Um, I don't think I've ever heard her complain about back and deadlifts in a while. Yeah. Um, and she was having some back issues. Yeah. So this, this is what's cool is when you start to fix those pieces, the deadlift gets better and it starts getting stronger and you can start to work more of the other things. And also the back squats get stronger. The other pieces get stronger. The weird aches and pains go away. Um, so how do you see this? You could see this in one. What do you prefer to do? If you prefer to squat versus deadlift, you might be using your quads more. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a clean pull-like deadlift, so if your chest is up, your butt's really low and your deadlift looks like you're about to clean it versus hinge it, um, that's going to be where we see it. Um If you really struggle to Romanian deadlift, um, that might be it. As Robin talked, if your knees get in the way Mm -hmm. of your deadlift. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) I was just going to say, if you hear us saying knees back, knees back all the time, you are that quad dominant person. Yeah. Uh,
0: um, I see it with my private clients. We do a lot of hinge work. And I see it where when your hips stop moving backwards, tells me you're trying to take over with your quads. Yeah. Yeah. And it's usually where our, folks start to shifting my back into hurts. your
1: toes is a good cue mm-hmm. oh yeah the, the the thing is if you want to work on this stuff and we have more on the list but for a lot of these you do have to kind of put your ego on a shelf and take a little bit of weight off and really focus on and we'll give you some more um guidelines as to how you can work on this stuff but just know that you're not going to just keep throwing weight on the bar like you will if you ignore this stuff So it's, you know, take a step back. And if you put the time in to fix these imbalances, then you will get to put more weight on your deadlift. You just have to be patient.
0: Yeah. And it doesn't mean you don't get to lift heavy. You just need to lift heavy in the right thing. Exactly. Like try some really hard single leg RDLs. (laughs) No, thank you. Your feelings will not feel so good. (laughs) Very similar to that. Um, Try some heavy Romanian
1: deadlifts. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um,
0: All those things. All
1: right. Glutes. The glutamous, the booty. Use your butt. Use your butt. Use your butt. Like,
0: I see it all the time. Either you're not squeezing it at the top, all sorts of things. And to be quite honest, I'm going to say this, it's going to be a little inappropriate. Oh, no. If you have a small butt, most likely you have back problems. Yeah. Because that's, it just tells me you're using your back first, your butt. Yeah.
1: it, It helps support everything.
0: And it looks good. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so that's where I'm coming from with it. So, the better you can use your hamstring and your glutes to do the deadlift, the less your back's gonna hurt. Yeah, those are, those are the muscles. And so, kind of take note of that. Now, know that this doesn't mean you start walking around with mini bands all over the floor. Because <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed this, those little yellow mini bands are not as strong or as heavy as a 135 pound deadlift even probably on 75-pound deadlift, to be yeah. honest. They don't produce that much force. So it, there comes a point in time when we have to get out of rehab warm-up exercises and into more challenging exercises to challenge the force that's created. So if you want to get your deadlift to 100 pounds, 200 pounds, 300 pounds, 600 pounds, you then have to challenge the system in that manner. And bands are not going to do that on their own.
1: No, they're good. They're activators. They're warm uppers, and but then yeah, you gotta you,
0: you gotta, gotta then s- go use suffer them. a little. Um, and don't don't come to me and say your glutes don't activate because if you can sit down, and stand <laughs> you're up. you're
1: standing up. If, if they- you are standing, your glutes are. <laughs> but but it is there are people that you're like squeeze your butt and they don't know how to feel that exactly. That doesn't mean they're not working. It's just you mm-hmm. need to make that connection with your brain, and it's totally fine if you can't. It's. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, it's just something you're, you learn. It's like we talk about turn your lats on all the time. And sometimes people look at me like, I don't know what you're talking about. And so we have to kind of go back down and figure that out. We're going to come to that. Net, uh, in Yeah. Well, do you want to, talk? Yeah, you know, let's move on from glutes and go to brace.
0: Yeah. Um, can you create a cylinder around your midsection? The cylinder. And the better you create that brace, the less likely your back is to move.
1: And once more, that doesn't just mean suck in your belly like you're taking a photograph. So that's not, that's part of it. But remember, that's not exactly right. Like you don't want to just be squeezing your belly when you lift a big heavy deadlift.
0: You want a column of pressure from, how do I say this appropriately? Your pubic hair. To the bottom of your chest. <laughs> How,
1: about <hips> <laughs> How about hip to shoulder? Yeah, okay, fine. Hip to okay. shoulder. Okay. <laughs> Squeeze all the things. I say hold in your spleen.
0: <laughs> yeah. And there's a whole bunch of tricks to this. A whole bunch of things we can do. But basically, I, I can see it before you even go. Like, oh, yeah. If the slack's not out of the bar, probably not braced. Yeah. If um, arch. there's an arch. Or round. That's a really good point. Yeah bracing is not arching no like a lot of people go well I'm braced and they have this giant arch past their natural spinal arch yeah created I'm like stand up every time I tell them to stand up I go create that same arch and they're like I'm not arching that much I'm like yeah. I can I can yeah. measure and show you and the moment they do that arch while standing go squeeze your abs you cannot do it yeah it, it, and I'm like that's what you're doing when you're deadlifting. Right. You want to make the table. That's exactly make the table. Make a table. And it's going to feel a little weird at first. You're going to be like, well, but I'm not protecting my back. And I'm like, no, you're just not using your back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and and that's the, the big difference maker when we talk about bracing. Um, Steffi Cohen actually talked about it really, really well in one of her books. She, for a long time, was setting deadlift world records. Like, 120-pound woman deadlifting over 600 pounds like ridiculousness and she talked about how she was sacrificing some of the health of her back to make it more stable so she was taking away flexibility in her back to literally make it more stable so she could lift crazy numbers and set world records we don't need to go to that scale but you can see how important that is to deadlifting really really well
1: yeah your back is involved in the deadlift you want it involved it's a stabilizer it's not the primary mover exactly it's a stabilizer like when you're doing a push-up the primary mover is your chest and your tries, but your lats need to be on to stabilize that shoulder joint so it's the same idea so it's not about taking your back out of the equation it's about making a nice stable um table stable table table, table. table, table. make your stable table all right, and then this kind of links into this. And this is one of the things I think a lot of people forget when they deadlift is the, and we talked about it earlier, is the lats. So it's really easy to forget that in your, in your checklist, in your setup, or like if you're lowering your deadlift or, you know, when it gets really heavy, like don't forget your lats need to be on, right? Otherwise, you're not really bracing. You're um, going to pitch forward, you're, you're losing a lot of power. Right. You're basically taking your leg muscles and using your arm muscles. You know, those are much smaller. So, and you're kind of putting yourself at risk in that upper shoulder neck area. So be careful.
0: Well, and it's where like, if you struggle to grip the bar. Yes. Most likely it's because your lats aren't on. Yeah. And I can see it in people and then I can feel it. Like if I come up to you in a deadlift and I touch where your lats are and you're like, they're on and they're loose. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I don't care what your body composition is. I can feel whether or not that's loose or not. Mm-hmm. And and you'll feel it once we start doing it and triggering it. It's like, oh, I was never turning that on.
1: I mean, we talked about my hammies being weak, but um, that lat, my right lat is my limiting factor on my deadlift. Yeah. That's the fr- that's the one that's going to go.
0: And, and that's what's super important because if those lats go, then you're, Back erectors have to come yeah, into place. Yeah, then you're done. <laughs> those, those are coming into play. Yeah. I don't care how good you are at deadlifting, what you're doing, it's all there. It's why I know some strength coaches won't let people deadlift more than their body weight if they don't have a pull-up. Because that's how important the lats are to keeping you in a proper position. Yep. So be so think about that when we're nice and letting you deadlift. Yes, it's almost
1: we're it. being so nice.
0: <laughs> we're so nice. Oh, my gosh. I'm not as mean as I seem. <laughs> but I'll also talk about with grip. Like if you are dropping deadlifts in your grip and we'll talk about this when we talk mm-hmm. how to get better. Um, and the whole, when you're going down and you're letting go of that bar, most likely it's cause you're relaxing those lats and your grip is just giving way. And so the forms have to work even crazy harder to hold onto it.
1: Yeah, this is the same uh, when we talk about uh, rope climbing and hang power cleaning. We're like, don't death grip that bar. You're just you're using these little baby forearm muscles when you could be using these giant lat muscles. So um, yeah, no, get that those lats on. And then if your grip is your limiting factor, then make your grip stronger. But this is a great way to check it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have my lats on. Oh, I just fixed my grip.
0: I mean, think about it and how you would carry a kettlebell or a dumbbell if you're. Lad is on, you're probably got your full hand around that dumbbell and it's squeezing properly. Yeah. Otherwise it's in your fingers somewhere. Yeah. And there's no way to turn that lat on and and play yeah. with that. So it's that there's a whole system of your arm there and you gotta use all the pieces to make the grip stronger. Yep. So
1: all right, and then last on the imbalances or breakdown points is the central nervous system or your mental game.
0: <laughs> your brain. So this is where your brain can literally get in your own way, whether it's fear, whether it's overanalysis, whether it's being new
1: or a previous injury,
0: Yep, that all of those things tie into this. Um, so s- part of getting stronger at deadlifting is legitimately taking your brain slightly out of the equation. Um, this is why some days you're going to come to the gym and your brain is not going to let you deadlift as much as you want. Just stressed out. Life has got you. You didn't sleep. Whatever it is, you're not going to deadlift as much as you'd like. Yeah. And it's going to tax you, and you're not going to be able to. It's okay. Um, it's also where your brain is going to give you confidence in how hard you apply force. Like the more confident you are, you are in your ability to apply force, the better you're going to deadlift. So if I hear you going, "I can't do this. I don't know if I can make this. I don't whatever." Yeah. Go back to. What is your <laughs> inner voice saying to yourself yeah. podcast? Legitimately, that's, that's going to make a difference. I, I see it all the time in the gym. I, I have a client. She talks about, I'm going to win an award for being the best dramatic actress. Um, and I laugh because I go, yep. And this is why our sessions are so much harder for you. Because mm-hmm. you've already made up your mind that this is deadlifting is hard and challenging. And the weights are too heavy.
1: Yeah. And then yet another plug for the total. I, you know, one of the reasons that people do so well is because of that atmosphere it puts you in this mental place where you're like everybody in there is in, is visualizing you lifting that weight. So it makes a difference.
0: Well, and don't take my words wrong. There should be fear involved. Of course, you're doing something that's challenging you. If if that doesn't scare you slightly, it's not challenging and you, and it's enough.
1: probably not heavy. <laughs>
0: yeah, and, and so that's okay. Like think of everything cool you've ever done in life: it, asking out your significant other, going on a first date, getting a new job, traveling the world. You name it. it
1: Three is... minutes max calories on the assault bike. <laughs> it, it, <laughs>
0: Maybe now I wouldn't say that's cool, but you get my point is like, it has scared you in some yeah. sense and that is important to changing you. So that's why sometimes that's what gets in the way of the
1: deadlift. For sure. Yeah. And so. we can help you with that too. All right. So let's talk about, and we talked about all the things that could go wrong. Let's talk about all the things that we can do to make our deadlift better.
0: Um, We've got
1: hip. Hip hippies, let's talk about hips.
0: So, this is the shin box drill, the ninety nineties. 90s. Basically, get those hips warmed up and
1: rotating, especially if you've been if you sit a lot, or you just came from sitting, or you're gonna go sit. You really need to warm those hips up, get them ready to go,
0: and think about pushing versus swinging. If that makes sense, yes, to, to what I'm saying is if you're pushing with your legs versus swinging with your legs. That's going to help you push through the floor better. Yep. <laughs> so there's all sorts of exercises we do for pushing. Psoas marches, glute bridges, um, geez. single leg lunges, step-ups, push, push, push. Those hips will get firing.
1: Yep. Um, uh, anti-rotation.
0: This is your dead bug, bird dog, pal press, single arm carry, Romanian deadlift, single leg RDL, single leg this, single leg that. You, you name it, basically resisting force about your midsection um, and all of those things. Basically, the better you can resist force, the better you can apply force in a lot of cases. Yeah. So, and, and you have to translate these. They can't just stay with any one of those movements. There's progressions and regressions to all of these things. So once you progress through something a little bit, you got to challenge it even more. And, and And, but don't jump ahead just to jump ahead, jump ahead appropriately or jump ahead with a kind of vision or plan in place to that
1: triggers and flosses <laughs> i know what the flosses are what i know what triggers are but in relationships. so
0: so this is something you can simply do at your desk do you know how to squeeze your glutes do you know how to find your lat and use it do you know how to pull from your hamstring and feel your hamstring got it like literally you can do this multiple times a day for 10 reps at a time and the better you become connected to those muscles, the better you can use those muscles. Yeah, I
2: agree.
0: Um, and that's where the flosses come in. It, it, all sorts of hamstring exercises you can do to literally get those things going. Oh, okay, now I feel my hamstrings. Now I feel it back here. Oh, wow, I shake when I do this. I, literally more often than not, I'm triggering when I'm warming
1: up versus actually like stretching. Yeah. So. Good. Uh, tempo. Speed, tempo, and then controlling the negative.
0: One so, of my favorites. So let's start with the end and end on that one. Control okay. the negative. Take the bar back down to the floor. If you want to make your grip stronger, you want to With
1: control. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have to be slow either. It's just hinge on the way down instead of just collapsing and dropping. Even if your hands are on that bar, you're just kind of collapsing into it and you're missing out on a lot of strength building.
0: Well, and those are usually the people I see... That are, wor- that are messing up their back when they're deadlifting. Yeah. Because they can't maintain those positions on the way down. Yeah. And it's funny, for the longest time, when I was relearning my deadlift and getting it better and stronger, we would joke that if I could get it off the floor once, I could get it off the floor three times. Yeah. Because I was so much better at being from the top of my deadlift and getting my stuff set up and controlling it that I could control it back down, touch it, and come right back up with it. It, it, just with that control. Yeah. And the, then I had to relearn all of that. But it, it's one of those things, the better you can be from the top down, the better you will be from the bottom up. Yep. In that position. Um, tempo also is, can you come off the floor slow? So can you take three seconds to come up and then three seconds to go back down? Yeah. And control every position in there. We just hurt a lot of feelings the other day with pausing deadlifts. Yeah. And finding, oh, this position hurts my back or, ooh, that position hurts my back and figuring out the correctives there and how to position that. Good. Love it. And then last, speed. If you cannot pull that bar fast off the ground, it's not going to move sometimes. Yeah. So this is the old west side method, powerlifting method of apply speed appropriately. So sometimes you got to take your warm-up reps and make them fast. It's it's one of the things I think I get the most eye rolls at is when I'm like, No, no, faster with that warm up rep. Because people are like, uh oh, it doesn't matter. It's the empty bar. I'm like Yeah. But it does matter. You
1: should warm up um at the tempo that you're going to do your heavy lifts. That's the whole point of the warm up.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I and mean
1: that's one of the points. There, but yeah. I,
0: I don't know how many Instagram videos there are out there of amazing lifters doing every rep the same as they go from Empty bar to 600 pounds. And it goes the
1: other way, too. It don't go super fast if, you're, if that's not how fast you're going to go on your work sets. Exactly. Yeah. All right. You put body build here. Love it.
0: Make individual muscles stronger and get them to function better. Yeah. Sometimes this might mean intentional focus on it. Sometimes it might mean sloppy focus on it. There's a funny debate in the Olympic weightlifting community right now around the Chinese team and how they use bodybuilding. They are the sloppiest bodybuilders in the world.
1: What do you mean by sloppy?
0: They literally don't care about their technique. Okay. Oh, and it. they're trying to make things out function. So give me
1: an example of a movement that you um, would do sloppy. Like a bicep curl?
0: Yeah. Like yeah. a bicep curl. Or easier would be a, like, lawnmower starting um, bent over row. like, oh, yeah. Like, like, like <laughs> it looks like a yank and pull twist, like crazy thing. Yeah. And you would go, oof, that's a terrible bodybuilding technique. Yeah. But then when you understand their intention there and how they're working that, it, it's kind of a fascinating debate. Um, So you, you need both of those. I would say for most of our clients, because of what we do with CrossFit, you need the other side. Yeah. You need the very intentional, am I using this muscle and pulling in the right manner in this group to do this? And that can be hamstring curls, that can be split stance RDLs that can be bicep curls that can be forearm curls that can be lat pulls and all sorts of things and most of these
1: movements you're not going to find in the the wad the workout of the day on the whiteboard this is stuff you would do in addition um after class whatever yeah this is stuff
0: you see in the after party this is stuff you see folks who come to their check-ins and get homework for Mm -hmm. this is that stuff that we help people build yep gymnasty get your freaking pull up <laughs> Do better at pull-ups. Like you want to deadlift more weight, and you don't have a pull-up, get a pull-up. Yeah, I guarantee your deadlift goes up. Yeah, 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 for sure. It's it, it. I've seen it every time. I've up,
2: yeah.
0: I've never seen somebody who gets a pull-up and goes, "Well, my deadlift didn't down because I got a pull-up." <laughs> the only time I've seen that is that they look like someone like me and have a body fat percentage that's really high, so they lose a lot of weight and sacrifice a little muscle. But that's because they. They need to do so, yeah. and, and also they then build it back up real quick.
2: Yeah. So,
1: <laughs> so pull ups, handstands, um pull ups, hamstands pistols, yep. all that stuff's gonna
0: hollow holes. Yeah, for sure. All that stuff. Like, mm-hmm. you want to make your grip stronger? Start hanging on the pull up bar, and then start trying to hang with one hand. Oh yeah. Your uh. grip will get a lot stronger, and your ability to brace and use your lats will get stronger there.
1: Carries. <sighs> They make everything better. I mean, just across the board, all of our podcasts will include carries. <laughs> so,
0: if you want to get better at not rotating, grab the heaviest kettlebell you can and walk. With one. With one. And yep. you will you will find out very quickly why your abs and your back are getting tired. Because they are trying to resist that force. Yep. And working really, really freaking hard on it. So
1: You put feet strength.
0: So, this is where understanding how to use your feet and making them stronger. Um, so, doing barefoot exercises. Like toe pulls toe curls you know um external rotation drills to help your arches all sorts of things and connecting your feet to the floor
1: love it these are great all right moving on (laughs) (laughs) we saved this for last so we got dressed and it's time to put on our accessories our jewelry, our handbags, our scarves. When to use a belt?
2: So Go.
0: I, <laughs> I love this analogy that Robin started today. She's probably said it millions of times, and I blanked on it. But that's legitimately what these things are that we're going to talk here. Is
1: your belt, if your you straps, if your you, shoes, your
0: if you don't do all the other things, none of these matter. Exactly. And if you tell me that the belt is protecting your back, I'm. I'm going to throw a belt at you because it, all that, if you think that your belt is protecting your back, put it on the way you believe you should put it on and then bend over and touch your toes. Yeah. And I bet you your back is rounded. I'll be there to take the picture and show you. And so that's... Or arched. Yeah. And that's I see a lot of
1: arched backs with belts on them.
0: Yeah. I, I see a lot of belts where I can fit my hand inside and I yeah. go, no, that's not bracing. So...
1: So we're, we're not saying don't put your jewelry on. We're just saying, you know.
0: Prioritize and fix the hole in the boat. So if the hole yeah. in the boat is learning how to brace and bracing properly, the belt's not going to do that. Yeah, The belt will aid in that and create support for that, but it doesn't need to be used in training. I would argue that we haven't yet come up to a point where we needed a belt in the cycle that we're doing. Yeah. And, and it's funny because the folks that are really, really strong They know that and they don't use a belt. It's hilarious to me who chooses to use a belt. I'm like, yeah, you're, you're not going to lift that heavy today. And it's, it's like, come on, like, Hey, look at the strongest people in the world when they use it. So I would say if it's not over 90, 95% of your one rep max, you don't need a belt.
1: And definitely not. If you do not know what, if you have not had instruction on how to use it, don't use it at all. It's, it's going to hurt you more than it's going to help you. Um, but if you want, if you, if you love your belt, and you know how to use it, throw it on, but we're going to, you're going to get some pushback sometimes. Well,
0: and understand like it's out of actual care for you. Yes. Like, like you believe that's doing something for you. If it's not, I need to tell you.
1: Yeah. It's Cause... like uh taking a placebo pill, right? And you're like not getting out of it what you think you're getting out of it. It could be dangerous.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: All right. When to use straps let's move on the accessories when do you straps so this is when you want
0: to challenge the hamstrings or the glutes or the brace um, but your grip is failing
1: yeah
0: Um, and it's just clear it's that your son was one of the best people for this yeah it was he was we talked a lot because of his shoulder health Mm -hmm. not going mixed grip yeah so I told him go straps because we were trying to he was trying to do bodybuilding and we were trying to use his hamstrings and make his hamstrings work and his hamstrings were way weaker than his grip so it was kind of this funny game we were playing of like overloading his hammies, and the only way to do that, because they're a much stronger muscle than some grip muscles, was legitimately putting straps on it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So
0: I do that with clients a lot and it's all the game and
1: intention of it. Exactly. Be intentional about these things. Know what you're doing, why you're using it. Um, mixed grip, since you brought it up. So mixed grip and hook grip
0: on a lump in here. Okay. So if you put your thumb your thumb Around the bar and fingers on top. If you hook, top.
1: Grip, hook grip heavy deadlifts, you're a badass.
0: <laughs> There's a lot of people I know who do it.
1: That's um, just be careful,
0: because I, I had a client recently who his thumbs went numb because he <laughs> hooked grips some heavy deadlifts. Like, we should rethink that.
1: Also, be intentional.
0: Exactly. Go ahead. Um, so, if you do not know how to turn your lats on, or you have shoulder issues and you're mixed gripping, it's only going to make it worse. It's only going to make your shoulders worse. Um, so first and foremost, use the heavy deadlift to rehab your shoulder stability.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, and
0: use that position, use that place, and it will make you so much better and stronger there.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, in addition to that, there comes a point in time when you need a mixed grip. Mm-hmm. So if it is legitimately slipping out of your hands, and you have your lats on and everything's there, cool. Flip that grip. and But make sure you have proper external rotation of your shoulder. Make sure you know how to turn that lat on. It's funny to me because people will tell me they can't hang on a bar, but they can mix grip a barbell. And I'm like, I've never seen somebody pop a bicep hanging on a bar. I've seen a ton of people pop a bicep with a mix grip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're loading it very heavy. It's one of the biggest powerlifting injuries is the mix grip causing a bicep tear.
2: Don't do it.
0: So if you have a bad shoulder, it's only going to go to that bicep. And that's why you see me so harsh on it. It's like I don't want you to rip your bicep, like yeah.
1: oh, ah. <laughs> or or put your shoulder in a compromised position.
0: Um, but there is a point in time, so I think Robin says it best. It's use the double overhand grip for as long as you possibly can, and then go to the mixed grip. Yep, and you will find it. Just v- the
1: more double overhand deadlifts you do, the stronger your grip will get. Amazing. Yep. Yeah. And again, use that negative. Use that lower. Keep that lat on. Keep that grip on. It's gonna get stronger. All right. So you put shoes and I'm going to I'm, I'm going to add shoes when to take them off and when to change them. Right. Yep. All right. Go.
0: So when should you take off your shoes? When you're wearing hokas. <laughs> Robin said it. Not me. <laughs> I was not derogatory about them. I just want to make that clear. I yes.
1: said hokas, by the way. And I will say it out loud. Yes. Those big squishy shoes you guys wear.
0: If you cannot feel your feet pressing into the floor, take your shoes off. Just take them off. Take them off. Um, it will make your deadlift so much stronger and probably stop your knee pain, hip pain, back pain when deadlifting. Yeah, yeah. It's because your feet are not connected to the floor. Yeah. It's kind of what they're designed to
1: do. It. It's the first thing we say in the checklist, like your feet, yeah. Um, also if
0: you didn't notice those hokas have a giant cushion on them, Exactly. probably making you a little bit taller, which means your range of motion has now increased. So if my range of motion increased, that means I have to work harder.
1: (laughs) Some of those shoes will also push you into your toes a little more. So if you're that person that struggles to keep their heels down, yeah, all of that, take them off. It's okay. You wore them because there was running in the workout, whatever. Take them off to heavy deadlift.
0: Mm hmm. Um, now I will say a similar thing to Olympic weightlifting shoes.
1: Yeah, I'm like right in the middle on this. I um, people love it or I don't I don't wear them. I I do not
0: understand it. You do not need to create any more range of motion about your ankles, which is really what Olympic weightlifting shoes do.
1: There's there's I would say stilling the feet is maybe a reason people would wear them. I would um, agree. Yeah.
0: But I would then argue probably better off Strengthening your feet and making them better than well, you know, um,
1: they're flatter shoes. So if, for instance, you have your HOKAs and your lifters, I would put your lifters on as opposed to your HOKAs. So, you know, yes, I mean, there. I don't think there's any benefit to wearing a a lifter as opposed to like maybe a Metcon or or a I, nice flat CrossFit shoe is going to be fine for deadlifting.
0: I, yeah, I, I I I almost would say it would be a detriment. If I was going, Met Converse Olympic lifting shoe, because there's, there you're gonna have two inches there extra to pull.
1: My favorite deadlifting shoe, you want to know? Converse All Stars.
0: Yep, and and yeah, so I think that's the whole point here when I say understand what the accessories are doing to you.
1: Yes, far as you... shoes, if you can feel the floor, you're good. If you mm-hmm. can't feel the floor through your feet, something use something different. Yep. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, so Ben said, if you have a a dirty, greasy shirt and sweaty sweatpants, then don't put beautiful diamond jewelry on. Isn't that a good
0: analogy? That is, like, (laughs) literally, like, if you (laughs) are, yeah, that, and to be honest, that's what I see. I'm like,
1: "Mm, okay. Yeah. So, if you have beautiful form and everything's dialed in and then you want to put your knee sleeves and your wrist straps and your belt on, go for it.
0: And then speak my love language. Like, tell me what you actually think that's doing for you. And if it's, no, Ben, it just makes my ego better and my confidence better. Cool. I'll ride right along with you and I'm all for that.
1: Makes my waist look smaller.
0: Perfect. I'm all for that. <laughs> that actually makes sense to me. Yeah. If you tell me it's protecting your back or this makes my feet stronger, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going to struggle there. Yeah. I'm going to push back. And... It's literally out of my. Well, home. there
1: are better ways. There are better
0: exactly. ways. Exactly. Yeah. I want to make you all better, it, it, so sometimes I have to challenge you. And mm-hmm. I, I trust me, if I I wish I didn't, it, I, I it make you my life so much say, easier. You can always just say, Ben,
1: I don't want to be better. I want to have a crappy deadlift. And that's fine. But that's not what this podcast is about. <laughs> this podcast is about making your deadlift better. Exactly. So yeah, I think we've given you all a lot to think about.
0: I think we've given you more than enough. <laughs> so, go make your deadlifts better. Have fun in the gym.
1: Don't forget December 3rd, 8.30 a.m. is uh, the total.
0: Yes. So let's get to heavy deadlifts. If you have questions, go do a check-in with your coach. We can help you. We can either make your deadlift safer or we can make it stronger or we can do all three. Yep. So check out that. Have fun with this podcast, gang, and we will see you lifting heavy in the gym. Bye. Bye.